Hello, Hipsy. Welcome back to another podcast of Seas to Serve. I'm Cheat Mian. And I'm Cheat Catherine. And today we'll be talking about the gospel. Jesus appears to his disciples in Jerusalem, which is actually different from last week's gospel, although it has a similar theme. So in this gospel, two disciples were talking about how they met Jesus on the road and he broke bread when Jesus stood in their midst and said to them, peace be with you. They were completely terrified and thought they were seeing a ghost. To which Jesus replied, why are you troubled? And why do you have questions arising in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. That is myself. Touch me and see. After eating a piece of fish, he reminded them what was written about him must be fulfilled. And he said, Thus it is written that the Messiah would suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be preached in his name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are the witnesses of these things. Yeah, so this gospel, once again, is not much of a summary, but we tried our best. So the gospel with a capital G that we all have ingrained in us is that Jesus died for our sins and we should spread that to everyone. And how do we do that? It's by being a witness to Christ. As profound as that is, it's also hard to do. I guess it's hard to do in like a grand sense. If we're talking about like evangelizing people (laughs) and being like, come, this is the good news. God died for our sins, et cetera, et cetera. That's pretty hard. But I guess this is kind of tapping into what we said about like catfishing or dogfishing or whatever. <laughs> it's how you act. Like you can only really control how you act. We'll talk about that later. But essentially, in this gospel, it's saying that through Easter, this whole passion of Christ and, you know, the Holy Week. Those days are when Jesus transformed the disciples from doubt to belief, from despair to joy, from fear to courage, and from witnesses of the resurrection to messengers of the good news. So even though Jesus is directing this message to his disciples, it doesn't just mean the 12 disciples, but it means all of us. The gospel makes it seem like pretty linear, like being a witness of Christ, you get your doubts turned into beliefs, and your fear turns into courage, and boom, you're there. You're you're courageous, you believe, <laughs> and now you can spread the good news. But like as great an example that the gospel provides and the disciples are so believing and it's really admirable, but I mean, I don't know, I can't speak on their behalf, but I'm pretty sure they weren't so courageous all the time. And I don't think this gospel is trying to tell us that because spreading the good news, as good as it is, it comes with a price. Like not everyone is going to respond well. They're not going to embrace this good news and think that it's the greatest thing ever. And spreading it also is a burden because... You want to do it justice in a way, but when people come down on you, then it gets really hard. And when they come down on you so hard, then then sometimes these disciples are met with death. And that's why we have martyrs, because martyrs 
are people who died for their faith. So as as great as being a witness of Christ is, it's also really hard. Like in our daily lives, why is it so hard? I feel like it's kind of hard to be a witness to Christ in the modern age. You know, I think with a lot of movements going around right now and like not only political movements, but in relation to religion as well. I feel like it's kind of hard to be a witness of Christ and even just being a Catholic in the daily life, especially right now, just because people have a lot of thoughts and opinions about being Catholic that has a certain view on Catholicism, but I don't think it every single Catholic can fit into that stereotype. I think most people have very controversial thoughts about Catholicism and kind of see it as like a very unappealing religion, especially when we're trying to be so much more progressive in this day and age. So sometimes, at least for me and like some other people that I know, it's kind of hard to say that we're Catholic and be proud that we're Catholic just because some people would then receive it with so much negativity and kind of ask us like, why would you even want to be Catholic when so-and-so, so-and-so, when the Pope preaches this, when the Catholicism faith says this? So sometimes it's kind of hard to be a witness of Christ. And sometimes it's hard to really see him and not doubt him. Yeah, I remember I've actually already told me on this story, but there was one day in my junior year of high school where I was, it was like first day of AP Lang and we did this icebreaker and I was somehow put in this, I wasn't put there, just like by chance because of the icebreaker, I ended up with these people. And I don't even know how the conversation got to that because like we're in high school, <laughs> we're in an English class, I don't really know how this ever applied. <laughs> but two of my classmates were talking about how like, yeah, I don't even know how people can believe in God. And like, I just never understood it. And here I am, uh, you know, Catholic. It's junior year, so I'm confirmed. You would think that, you would think that, you know, the, the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit I got would, you know, <laughs> give me something. <laughs> but I just sat there and I was like, oh, this is, I don't really know what to say. So I didn't say anything. And like, do I feel bad about that? Like, not, uh, <laughs> to be honest, like, not really, I guess. Like, because at that point in my life, like as a junior in high school, uh what how old was I 15 16 I think I was 15 I can't do math we'll say I was 15 I I think you were 16 16 (laughs) was I 15 going on 16 yeah 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 okay okay I was (laughs) I was 15 going on 16 like I I just didn't have it in me to I I don't really want to say like stand up for myself because it's not as if they were attacking me so in a way, I just I just didn't have enough courage to express my views. Maybe it's because I was outnumbered, but now it sounds like I'm blaming them. <laughs> but pretty much I'm I'm trying to say that like it is hard. Like especially in high school, then it's just hard to like really express your faith. So another story. <laughs> This actually think I think it happened in freshman or sophomore year. So actually before this whole uh weird icebreaker debacle. And I was waiting to get picked up after school and I was like the last one there. And one of one of my peers, we were just talking. I have no idea about what, but I, I felt that I was just like talking normally and just 
as I would all the time. But then all of a sudden she was like, are you Christian? And I was like, I'm actually Catholic. But yeah, you know, same thing, sort of, <laughs> like under the same branch. And she was like, yeah, I could tell by how you talk. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I don't even know what I said because this is a long time ago. And I guess that's why I always say to you all that one quote that says, act in such a way that people who don't know Christ but know you will come to know Christ because they know you. And like, of course, that interaction wasn't like me spreading the good news or telling her all about God's goodness, but it was such like an explicit moment of people seeing God through you just by how you act. Because she's also, she's not Christian or Catholic or anything like that. So it was, it was really interesting to, to see how like, I guess, quote unquote, a non-believer could see like something that she isn't like always aware of or like exposed to. I don't know if that's the word, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Um, I didn't have such an explicit, um, like pointing someone pointing at me and saying, "Are you a believer of God?" Like <laughs> Catherine. Has. Um, but I think I definitely was in an environment of like hardly anyone around me was Christian or very much Catholic when I was dorming at UCI. And then when you're kind of dorming, you come up, you come upon this obligation that you're supposed to go to mass, and it feels kind of lonely to just kind of go by yourself and not really have anyone from your dorm to go with you or friends to go with you, just because they might not be of the same faith. Um, so then it felt kind of lonely, you know, to kind of just tell no one that you're gonna go to mass by yourself. They kind of ask like where you're going. You kind of, I kind of just said quietly like, oh, I have to go to church really quick, but I'll be back to like eat breakfast with them or something like that. So like sitting on a bus alone for most of the school year by myself at like seven o'clock in the morning wasn't great. But uh, <laughs> I think I definitely was able to at least be more proud in my faith when I found other people that were willing to go to church with me. Even friends who were Catholic, but they weren't practicing, having um, them, the, being able to talk to them about religion and them being able to come to me about like certain questions as to why I follow, I guess, Catholic guidelines, whereas they don't really go to mass every week or they don't nearly pray as much and stuff like that. So I think it's very heartwarming to at least have people to talk to about it, whether that be just a simple conversation or them asking you for advice or insight on our religion. So I definitely felt warmed by that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, warm, warm feelings. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like these warm feelings don't really have to come from these big like confrontations or like standing up for your faith. But it can just happen in the small moments. And I think that's where you can all start. Like you said that it is scary to kind of like express the Catholic perspective on controversial topics such as gay rights or abortion or anything of that sort. But even something kind of small, such as doing the sign of the cross before you eat. Like, honestly, I didn't always do it. Or, yeah, 
I did I didn't do the sign of the cross before I ate at school. But like if I was eating with my friends at like a restaurant, then I would do it. I think it's because I felt more comfortable in like a private setting rather than a public setting. But yeah, like high school again at that age. It, it's just like it was it just felt weird to me to be doing the sign of the cross out in public. But as I've like gotten stronger in my faith, as I've gotten older, I've been like, people don't really care what I'm doing. <laughs> and like, if if they do notice something, then like, cool, you know, then they just saw just a little glimpse of the Catholic faith. Like that's like, if they don't encounter Catholicism in any way, but they see you do the sign of the cross, that's pretty amazing. And like nowadays, like, I don't, I don't really eat out anywhere so, <laughs> so I, I can't be doing the sign of the cross really but but nowadays if I were to then I feel that I'm much more confident in doing it because the sign of the cross is something that Catholics have always grown up doing it's like you can do it with your eyes closed literally and it's four motions like four simple motions but I think it's one of the most powerful prayers and I don't know, like, the the sign of the cross is, like, the sign of Catholicism, and it's also just, like, showing the power of prayer. Like, I think that's, like, a good first, first step if, like, you're really trying to be more, like, proud and open with your faith, then just, you know, do the sign of the cross before you eat, and if someone asks you, then you can, you know, explain it to them, and if no one asks you and they kind of think that it's weird, then it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) What we're pretty much telling you is like, it's scary to do anything. It's scary to face anything in our life, whether it be like spreading your faith or going on to the next day of your life, going to school, whatever it is, you're going to be scared and you're going to have fear. But pretty much you should do it scared. And even if you don't think you can do it and it it scares you to think that eyes are on you and you might get attacked or not attacked. You might, uh, you might be faced with opposition to just do it anyway. And those little baby steps of doing it scared, it'll get you to a point where you can do it not scared and you can do it courageously. And eventually you can, you know, be, be a witness, be like, uh, I, what is the word? Full-fledged. Be a full-fledged <laughs> witness of Christ and, you know, spread the good news. And it just starts in the small things. All right. Just like last week, instead of doing a Zoom check-in for the end of this podcast, instead, we are going to introduce a, another discussion question for this week. So this week's discussion question is, how are people encountering the risen Jesus in me? So just like how Chief Catherine was saying, whether that is something small or something big, how can other people encounter Jesus within you? And with that, we hope you guys enjoyed our podcast this week. And we'll see you this Saturday. Bye-bye. Bye.